Hey there, this is Samantha Krager on the campus of Huntington University. You are listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people on topics that matter to the Forrester family. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, or anywhere that has podcasts. Also make sure to listen to Forrester Radio over on 105.5 WQHU, Radio with Roots. Today I am joined by Matt Webb, a film production professor here on Huntington University's campus. We are going to be discussing life after graduation. Hello, Webb, and thank you for coming today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Ms. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, today is really, we're talking about, like, postgraduate life. Mm -hmm. Like, I know as me and my, like, thought process is kind of, like, grinding, trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life after? Am I going to just continue to go to school? Am I going to get a job and not go to school? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. So, like, today, like, Unrooted, we're going to talk about just tips and tricks that you may have your life leading up from college up until now and, like, your just general thoughts mm-hmm. about this topic. Yeah. Happy to, <laughs> happy to share. Awesome. Um, so could you could you just tell us about your college years in general? Like, what was sure. your feelings about college? I love school. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't originally want to come to Huntington for undergrad. Uh, I grew up in the area, so I was trying to – find a place that was maybe a little bit further away. But I got pretty much a full ride in scholarships, which was super encouraging. Uh, And then I wanted to study theater at a Christian school. And when I looked around at other Christian schools, there just wasn't anything better. Um, And I don't mean to say that there wasn't anything good. There was lots of good. Uh, But Huntington was just the best and offered so many different opportunities. And so I thought this would be great. And then when I got here, I I loved it. Uh, my parents and I worked hard to make sure that I went away to college. So uh, they wouldn't just call me or randomly show up on campus or anything like that. Um, and I would try to avoid sneaking home to do laundry more than necessary. And uh, and it was a really good balance. I felt like I was going away to school and and I had a really great experience, made a ton of really good friends, lifelong friends. And... Uh, I had an amazing academic experience too. I loved the theater program. It was uh, it was a space where I really grew and matured as a person, as a Christian. And when I, in even my other classes that were outside of my major, I really felt like I connected with professors that cared. And so that's, that was a big inspiration for me to come back and teach um, 20 odd years later. So. Oh, yeah. This I have. I also agree. This university has like you and me have like a really good relationship. And I talked mm-hmm. to my sister who went to like a community mm-hmm. sort of liberal, liberal arts college. Mm-hmm. And she's like she just can't fathom mm-hmm. like the relationship students and teachers have here. Oh. They're like, she's like my professors didn't give a crap whether if I was at class. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a. I think part of it is that it's small, and so we really get to know each other, which is good. Um, but I also think that there's a an, sort of an ethos on campus where the professors who are hired have a heart to actually engage the students uh, on a level that's more than just academic, but it is 
personal, it's uh, it's relational, it's theological, it's spiritual. We want to we want you to know that we are not just professors, but we can be mentors. Um, and what I found in my experience is that I made some lifelong friends, even of my professors, while I was while I was here. They still serve as mentors in lots of ways. So. You were talking about how you wanted to find a university that was farther away, but you still chose Huntington. Mm -hmm. So was it the full ride that made you choose Huntington? Well, the scholarship was a big deal. Um, That certainly certainly helped a lot. I knew that I could probably graduate debt-free if I I came here. Uh, You know, if I I had some on-campus work and if I worked during the summers, I could – I could probably pull it off. That's a big draw. Yeah, it was a huge draw. Um, but ultimately, my folks were willing to help out if I wanted to go to a different school, and I really felt like God was calling me there. But I wanted to study theater, and I started looking around at other places, and Huntington just had so many opportunities. Um, they had a summer touring program where we got to do 50 shows in 60 days across the Midwest and be on stage all the time. It was intense and and so much fun. Um, we did tons of great shows. And the shows that I, when I would go to schools and sort of see what they were doing, uh, I didn't see other universities that were doing shows that were as um, thoughtful and shows that were as well presented. I just, uh, I was blown away by the performances. And I thought, man, I want to be a part of that. And I got really, I was really fortunate to, um, to become a part of that. I think probably the, I'd say the biggest single factor is connected to what we were just talking about. Um, the head of the theater department uh, called my school and asked if he could take me out to lunch. And wow. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> so I called my parents and I was like, is this okay? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And so uh, we went to Pizza Junction, which is right here in town. Amazing. And he just asked me about my life. He said that he had come to see me do a few shows and would love to have me come be a part of the program here. And it was that sort of personal one-on-one connection where I realized if I came to Huntington, I wouldn't just learn theater, but I would have mentors like Doc Rainbow. Oh, yeah. And um, and I wanted that. You know, I, I wanted to have an opportunity to connect in that sort of a way. Uh, and I, I could see from the get-go that it wasn't going to just be four years at college. It was going to be four years of mentoring in college that would turn into a lifetime of support and encouragement and care. And it has. It's, it's been that way. He's still a part of my life. I love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I'm gonna get mushy. Oh. Yeah. No, you're good. Well, it's been 30 years. It's it was it's been almost 30 years since he since he called the high school and invited me to lunch. Oh my gosh. So, and just a few months ago, he sent me a bunch of pictures that he found in uh, in a folder somewhere, and it was I don't know 20 or 30 photos, um, printed photos uh-huh. of me and my friends on stage. So. I love that. Yeah, it was That's neat. so good. Yeah, it was great. Oh my gosh. Okay. So so as we know right now you're a film professor. Sure. Um so what made you choose a theater degree? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh originally I didn't realize that film was an option. Film was not an option at Huntington. 
and I'd never really done anything with film. I'd always chosen to do video projects when there was an option not to write a paper when I was in high school. <laughs> and uh, and so I knew that I enjoyed that piece of it, but I'd only ever been trained for theater. Mm-hmm. So when I started looking at places, I thought, theater is the thing. I want to be a storyteller. I knew yeah. that that was sort of at the core of it. I wanted to be a storyteller. And film didn't seem like a thing yet. There, there were yeah. few theater programs that were really robust at Christian colleges and zero film programs. Oh. So wow. there wasn't really very many options. This is back in the early 90s. Gotcha. Um, it just wasn't a thing. Uh, they were really ex- expensive. They're, it was pre-digital. Mm. So in order to yeah. have a film tape. program, <clears throat> well, they, not even tape. I mean, it, I mean, you could do tape, but mm-hmm. that wouldn't really be so much a film program. It was film. Oh, and literal film. Like, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. like 8 millimeter, 16 millimeter, 30, wow. 35. You know, so it really, uh, it limited a lot of schools' ability to have those kinds of programs because it's just so expensive. Right. But when digital came around, uh, that really opened the doors. Um, it, it democratized the whole industry, and that included uh, small universities like Huntington. So... Um, so I studied theater because I wanted to be a storyteller and it felt like, uh, it felt like that was what God was asking me to do, that he, God wanted to use my abilities as a, as a storyteller, as a, at that time, an actor. I I realized, um, I, as much as I enjoyed acting, I was probably a better director. Um, but my acting informed my directing so much because yeah. I had empathy for what it was like to be on stage. I understood the mechanics. I understood the the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I was a, an okay actor, but I wasn't amazing. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and I realized uh, that directing was probably a direction that might be a better fit. Uh, ultimately, uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to to do some teaching of theater in the classroom while I was in college through a class called Creative Dramatics where we take children's literature and have uh, elementary age kids, middle age students, or middle school students um, improvisationally act out the stories in class. And then we unpack uh, more about the characters and the stories because the students actually get into the skin of the characters. And uh, so... That was an awesome experience, and I found out that I really like teaching. And again, Doc Rambo said, this seems like a gift that you might have. You might want to lean into this a little bit. So I saw that there was a children's literature class coming up in the education department, and I asked if I could take the class. And the professor said, that's fine, but part of the class is that you have to be in the classroom. And I said, okay, well, I've already done creative dramatics. Cause I, could I take that to the classroom? Because... Mm-hmm. It's children's literature, and it fits my yeah. theater world a little bit better. And she said, yeah, that would work fine. So I did that, and it was, again, a really great experience. And so then I, I, um, I, I was able to set up a directed study where I worked with special populations. Oh, and I wow. found out that uh, I really loved teaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like I thought I was going to be an actor, but I, I was more inclined to directing um, – Teaching and directing have a lot of similarities. Yeah. Guiding, especially kind of the way I teach, uh, I try to guide and ask a lot of questions and engage. Yeah, I try to be a little bit more of like a tour guide than a, <laughs> than a, you know, than yeah. like just 
a deliverer of information. Mm-hmm. Instead of just reading off the PowerPoint, you're actually like giving the information over in, in a way that has that can translate to multiple teaching style or teaching learning styles mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I try to. And uh, I think the directing, my directing experience has really informed that a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was in the, I found it, I really loved being in the classroom and I worked with um, all kinds of different uh, kids from across the, uh, across the county. And that to me was just this amazing experience. So I, um, I ended up, uh, Moving well after college, I wrote a musical comedy show Ooh. because I had done these summer performances and tours, and I thought, man, how great would it be to continue to do that if I could? So a buddy of mine, Dave O'Rourke, and then my brother Mike, and another friend of ours, Eli uh, Sasserin, who um, had uh, worked with Dave over the summer, um, uh, we all four hit the road and we did a forty-five show tour of the U.S. with this original musical comedy show that I wrote. And um, it it got me into writing, which I really enjoyed, and I hadn't yeah. done so much of that. I'd done a lot of improvisation, and so I'd been working a lot in writing sketch comedy, but I've been writing it improvisationally. Yeah. Not, you know, writing it and solidifying a script necessarily. Um, I'd done a little bit of screenwriting in college and mm-hmm. creative writing, that sort of thing, but not, not too much. And... Uh, and that was just a blast. Uh, so we spent half a year traveling, and when we were uh, when we were finished, uh, we had raised a lot of money, and uh, so we took that and we went to Haiti for six months, and oh, yeah. we used the money to work at a, a variety of different places where we were learning the language. Um, we were trying to do projects that would be of benefit and help to the um, to the folks that we were staying with and the community that we were a part of, and it was really a learning experience for us. We didn't go down with some sort of idea that we would change Haiti, but uh, we hoped that Haiti would change us. Ooh. And uh, and it did mm-hmm. profoundly. Um, uh, we learned the language and we were able to be really engaged in a lot of um, local community activities and ministries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I ended up meeting a young woman uh, named Eva down there at the end of my time. And she said, you know, my roommate teaches theater here at an international school and doesn't uh, she's leaving to go back to the states mm-hmm. and we need somebody to to teach that program so I applied for the program and I got the job yeah and then uh, my first year of teaching even I started dating and then the next year next summer we got married and so we were there for uh, she she taught for three years I taught for two years and we were both down there for about three years altogether um, that's so cool yeah it was amazing so um you know, I did. We ended up doing everything from being in the classroom and helping to really build and try to grow a, a theater program at Cascade Christian School where we were teaching. Uh, but also, uh, we did a lot of community development work out in the mountains and in the countryside. And because of my experience working out there before, I was able to take a lot of the students who were from the uh, upper class um, mm-hmm. parts of Haitian society and show them a different part of Haiti that many of them had never seen before. Ooh, yeah. uh, and that was really that was a great experience for all of us. I mean, I learned a ton from them. That yeah, was it was great. Um, so uh, after Haiti, we moved uh, back to the states because I th- I really wanted to get back into theater, and I was starting as much as I was teaching students how to enjoy and love uh, and really 
learn and hone their craft in theater, I thought. Yeah. I miss it. I want to go do it myself again. I mm-hmm. missed being on stage. I missed, I love the directing and teaching, but I really missed the performing. Yeah. So we came back and started looking at grad schools. And uh, I auditioned for several grad schools. And I sort of made the deal that I wasn't, I didn't want to go to a grad school unless it was really going to push me. So I, um, so I ended up going to, uh, or I ended up applying at the top five grad schools for theater performance in the country. Ooh. These are places where wow. they take like 10 men out of 1,500 of applicants, that kind of a thing. Like the Harvard of Yeah, that kind of a thing. Yeah, like, so I mean, wow. Yeah, and the, the chances of me getting in were slim to none. Uh, and it turned out none. Aww. And so, no, it was fine. It actually turned out really good. What what it did was it opened the door for me to receive a, a phone call from a buddy of mine that I met in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I know that you really love theater, but film has also been a huge part of your life. Um, and it has since I was a little kid. My parents um, sort of taught me to, to love movies. My dad has, we started with a collection of beta movies, you know, on Betamax. And, uh, and now, I mean, my dad has hundreds and hundreds of DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. And we just, we love movies. We watched, Mm -hmm. I I grew up in that kind of an environment and world. And he said, you know, there's a seminary where I'm studying that has a new program in understanding how your faith and your art intersect through film. And you should take a look at it. I think it would be a good fit. So I never really wanted to work in specifically Christian art uh, or art that was designed that was about Christianity or designed for Christians specifically and that what I found was that was not the case at Fuller it was about Mm -hmm. understanding art in general and how our faith intersects and interacts with art Mm -hmm. as creators not just as consumers Nice. and it was a perfect fit for me and Eva loved it, and so we had a, a new baby, and so we packed up Jack, and we moved out there uh, in 2004, and he was nine months old, and we spent the next 12 years out in Los Angeles, and I got my master's in theology and film at Fuller, and I worked all that time uh, with other independent filmmakers on all kinds of stuff, music videos and short mm-hmm. films and a couple of features. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was great. And at the end, I ended up, um, my family and I ended up developing an idea for uh, a feature documentary and short film series about kids around the country who are trying to make the world better. Mm-hmm. So uh, we spent 14 months on the road and we went to all 50 states and we interviewed 75 kids or groups of kids who were trying to change the world and make it better. And uh, and it was absolutely life changing. My kids, when we hit the road, they were six, eight, and ten, and they did all of the interviewing. They did a lot of the camera and sound work and lights. Um, oh, it, yeah. it was amazing. They did a great job on that, by the way. Yeah, too. thank you, thank you. It was so fun to see them grow and to see all of us grow as a family. Mm-hmm. We really became a team. Um, but when we were on the road, I we came to Huntington a few times because uh, I have family in the area. Uh, and on one of those occasions, I spent an hour or so in the morning hanging out on Dr. Lance Clark's porch. And he said, <laughs> so what would it take for you to come back and, uh, you know, and teach at Huntington? And I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I don't really I'm not interested in that. Uh, I want to stay in L.A. My kids, that's their home. You know, we'll oh, yeah. go back when we get off the road. <laughs> and he said, no, I get it. I get it. But I said, you know, when I was in college, Doc Rainbow asked me, what do I want to do when I grow up? And I said, 
I want to be like you. You know, I wanted to do the things that he does. Um, and uh, my plan was that I would get 10, 15, 20 years of experience. And then when I felt like I really had something to bring to a classroom, then I would maybe look into teaching again. Yeah. And uh, and that just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we got to the end of the road trip about a year later. And Lance gave me a call and said, hey, there's a position that's open. You've graduated uh, almost 20 years ago now. Are you ready to come back and, and teach? And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a big step. It was a big step. But we, um, so we came back and took a look and really felt like God was calling us here. So we, um, yeah, we took the plunge and our our kids were grateful to have grandparents and cousins much closer than ever before and uh, as were we and it's turned out to be a really good fit for me here Mm -hmm. better than I thought it would be Um, my wife found an amazing job working uh, in nature teaching kids to fall in love with and take care of our world and um, yeah it's just been really rich oh my gosh yeah the it's your your life has been a wild ride, and every time you tell your story, it I just I just really like your story, honestly. <laughs> um, but um, how did your expectations of how life was going to go match up with how it went? Yeah. Um, well, what I realized early on was God was going to keep surprising me. Um, I think. Uh, I had some ideas and some plans of what might happen. And so I wrote that show and we toured with it. And that seemed like maybe that would be a direction we would go. We even talked about doing uh, a couple of other tours, including with my family. Um, all my family are musical. And um, I've got <clears throat> I've got three brothers who at different times, of, no, four brothers who at different times of life have been worship pastors. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, I we thought about maybe doing our own kind of a tour as a family. Um, but when I was in Haiti, I I had sort of an epiphanal experience where um, I felt like God was really asking me to trust and give myself over as a storyteller in a way that maybe I hadn't thought of yet. And it was I felt very compelled that God was asking me, to just trust and follow wherever that might be, wherever it would lead. Uh, I think it was important that it happened before I started teaching because it meant that when the opportunity came up to stay in Haiti and teach, I I didn't run from it. I I was ready to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when the opportunity came for me to move to Los Angeles, I had been to L.A. on a J-term in college and hated it. (laughs) <laughs> and I swore, man, I would never go back there. And then when 10 years later, the opportunity arose again, and I went with Eva and Jack to check it out, and we all fell in love with it. I just thought, this is, again, yeah. God's invitation to trust and and uh, and know that I'm not always going to know how things are going to play out. Yeah. So I guess what I've learned is to... Work hard and try lots of things and explore, experiment, and be bold in a lot of my choices. I mean, taking my kids and my wife on a 14-month road trip <laughs> was a little nutty to some people. 
But we really felt like God was calling us to do that sort of mm-hmm. a thing. We had no, we never planned on anything like that in our lives. And all of a sudden, yeah. the touring and traveling that I'd done in college lined up with the filmmaking that I was learning in Los Angeles. Oh, line, yeah. And it lined up with some challenges that my wife and I were facing and our family was facing with trying to trying to find a way to marry my passions and my family. Mm. Um, and not just my passions, but mm-hmm. um, my, the interest of all of us. Uh, and the road trip was this amazing and crazy way for all of us to come together um, and to kind of to see how it could coalesce. So, oh, yeah. so expectations, yeah. Uh, I guess I've learned to hope and plan and move forward, but also do it with open hands. Um, I think that's a calling that God has for all of us in that's in Scripture. Um, he asked Abraham to leave everything he knew and head out on an adventure uh, with the promise that he would inherit a large land and that even in his old age he would have a family that it seemed impossible to ever have. Oh, yeah. Um, he and Sarah were old and didn't had never had kids and didn't think that they could and um and God surprised them and uh and fulfilled a lot of their wishes and dreams that you know they just thought were impossible so I guess for me I I go into it thinking I have ideas I have wishes and dreams and plans uh well what I found is that God's wishes and dreams and plans are a lot more interesting than mine yeah. and a lot more fulfilling than mine. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, hard to accept sometimes. Yeah. It's really hard to accept. Um, but I've, I, I guess I've just, I've learned to try to approach life in that way with open hands. So sometimes opportunities come up and maybe they come to fruition and maybe they don't. Oh, yeah. um, but I lean into them as much as I can. Um, and if the door closes, the door closes and I kind of, I just try to keep my eyes open to other things that might come about. Uh, it helps to not get, it helps me then to not get too wrapped up in my control or my perception of control of my life, which is not mm-hmm. real. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also to sort of hope and trust, like I said, that mm-hmm. God's plans are not our plans. God's ways, it says, are not our ways. Um but God's ways are better. And so when I when I look at the Psalms and think about um, what it means for, uh, you know, for, for me to follow God and um, for God to answer my prayers and to um, give me the desires of my heart, uh, instead, I don't look at it and I don't look at it as God give me what I want. I look at it as God giving me my wants Mm -hmm. so that my wants become God's wants. And I don't have to have great expectations that are built on my own human desires. Mm -hmm. I can start to have expectations that God has things that are way beyond my imagination. Uh, And and that's far better than, than anything I could ever dream up. Oh, yeah. Faith in moving closer to him. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so along with that, so mm-hmm. like you, you, so you, you kind of said like let go and like trust in God. Mm-hmm. Um, so when 
like listeners could you give our listeners tips about how like how to get into like jobs <laughs> yeah <laughs> because there's a re- there's a reality of you need to make money and yeah and like the put food on the table and pay your loans and mm-hmm. all that stuff yeah i know um <clears throat> so i suppose there's sort of a, a trite way of saying just trust that god's going to take care of everything and don't worry uh and it's true however uh i i believe that god also uh, invites and expects us to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we can't just sit around waiting for things to happen, but mm-hmm. we need to take action and be responsible for ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, Jesus was trained as a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that he had a craft that he learned to have to make a living. Yep. Um, and it turns out that he went on a ministry where he may or may not have really done that all that much. But Paul was the same. He was mm-hmm. trained as, uh, you know, a, a tent maker, um, though even that word might mean uh, stage builder mm-hmm. uh, for, for theater. That's amazing. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the Bible shows that God's people have professions. They have mm-hmm. jobs that they do, uh, but God can use them in their work to yeah. make an impact in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, they, there's a celebration uh, when they're building the, the wall around uh around Jerusalem in the Old Testament there's a celebration of all the artisans who make it mm-hmm. who who decorate and and build it and do all these amazing things at the temple um as you know they're building the temple and the walls going up and all this stuff's happening and it's a rebuilding of the dream and um it's beautiful to hear the individual names of people being called out um for their handiwork their their mm-hmm. craft Um, and, uh, to me, that's an invitation to say that God can use our craft, uh, for kingdom work. Um, but also it means that we have to have a craft. Yep. So we have to work hard. We have to hone our skills. We have to do something. So after college, I would say, uh, the biggest thing is to be relentless in your pursuit of, uh, finding something to do. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be realistic, um, most people aren't going to leave college and immediately get an amazing job that's going to you oh, know, yeah. fulfill all of their dreams and it'll be the job they do for the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us leave school and hop around from job to job. Um, but I think that's part of living with an open-handed life, yeah. you know, you know uh, approach to life. So I would say find ways that you can grow as a person, but also find ways that you can take care of your responsibilities. Oh, yeah. um, so for me, I, I wanted to stay in theater. So I worked hard to marry theater and ministry by writing that show and then raising money to move to Haiti. Yeah. Um, it was hard work. I had to, I spent six months writing the show, practicing the show, booking the show, um, uh, and then another four months traveling. So it was not easy. It was a ton of work, um, but I got to do it. I, I learned the language in Haiti and I learned how to do all kinds of things because mm-hmm. uh, I worked in the summer for a construction company and I got, I learned skills about how to build stuff. Um, and that came in Haiti when I was in Haiti. And uh, I, I put myself in the classroom when I was mm-hmm. in college and I took opportunities of that and it opened up doors for me to be able to teach later and actually taught me how to be a teacher oh, yeah. even while I was still a student. Um, so I guess my encouragement is uh, to think of all the things that you already have done. Think of all the things that you already have 
gifts in and try to figure out how to lean into those things and express those things uh, in ways that can help to pay the bills. And there's lots of jobs out there, Mm -hmm. but it takes a lot of work and community and networking is a big piece of that. Um, In the industry, the catchphrase, it's all about who you know, really means something Mm -hmm. in the film industry and not just the film industry, but all kinds of industries. Um, But it really is about who you know. That could get your foot in the door. That could get you a job. Oh, of course. You know, it's those the mentors that, like I talked about, Doc Rainbow and others, they're the ones who write the resume or the the, uh, the recommendations. Oh, yeah. Right? For, uh, for trying to get work. Um, so work hard and prove to people that you're dependable. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of things that can help you get work, but a big piece of it is just also accepting work that may not be the thing that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I learned along the way is that sometimes I need to do manual labor yeah. and, and jobs like that because it gives me space to be creative while I'm uh, not working. Sometimes yeah. I just need my body to be moving and to do something that's not particularly creative, maybe even uh, redundant or repetitive. Mm-hmm. But then in my downtime, I have space to really yeah. grow as an artist and be creative. My, I'm not exhausted in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in Los Angeles, um, I worked for Fuller Seminary full time, yeah. and I made movies uh, on the side. And that actually worked out great for me. It, it meant that I was able to pay the bills and have insurance for my family and do all those things, but uh, be able to practice my craft um, mm-hmm. as a real uh, amateur not professional. And I love that word amateur. One of the directors I worked with, Laura Lee Fair, she's amazing. But she she taught me that the word amateur means uh, one who loves. Mm. Um, professionals do it for the money, but amateurs do it for their love of the craft. Yeah. And because I was working full time, it took extra effort to make movies. Oh, yeah. Which meant that I had to really love it. And, uh, and it pushes you. Yeah. And I had to learn how to balance my life. And I wasn't doing a great job of balancing my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, it's hard. It's very hard. And uh, counseling was super helpful for me and my wife um, as we tried to figure out how to do that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues to be that way. Um, balance is hard. Um, but I would say if you're trying to figure out how to get a job after college, the big thing is be willing to work your butt off. Um, yeah. Put yourself out there. And work really hard and do your best. Um, if you can do your best in your work, you can show the people uh, that you're working with that no matter what the job is, you care about the craft of that particular job. Yeah. So I was a janitor at a church for a while, and I did my very best to show that I cared about that work. And I was um, a page at the library shelving books, and I did my best to show that I was going to do it with excellence. Um, oh, yeah. And all of those things opened up opportunities for me to do more film, Mm -hmm. strangely enough. Um, (laughs) uh, All of the jobs I've ever had where I worked really hard, um, all of them opened up doors for me to to be creative and follow my my call that I feel to Mm -hmm. be a storyteller. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I want to get you out of here on time because I know you have a busy schedule. I do. Um, Sorry. No, you're okay. Um, But... Um, these are all very good tips and advice and guidance um, mm-hmm. for people who are thinking about what they need to do to graduate. Um, is there any other pieces of wisdom or tips or ways to find calling mm-hmm. that you would want to drop right before you leave? Well, um, calling is one of those words that has a lot of weight to it. 
uh, it, I think that God calls us to different things at different times. Um, sometimes God calls us to serve our families. Sometimes God calls us to serve our enemies. Mm, yeah. Sometimes God calls us to great adventure, and sometimes God calls us to very mundane sorts of things. Um, I do think that for me, God has placed on my life a bigger call, which is to tell stories. But I need to understand that that, while that might be sort of the the larger picture of my life on a daily basis and on a more seasonal basis, God might be calling me to do different kinds of things um, and just to do everything that I do mm-hmm. with excellence and care and um, for the glory of God. So um, I would say as an encouragement to students who are trying to figure out where God's directing them in life, don't worry so much about the big picture. That can come clearer over time. Maybe many people, I think, go through their whole lives and never really get a sense of the big picture, but have an acute understanding of what God's calling them to day to day. Um, And so I would just encourage students um, like yourself and others Mm -hmm. uh, to be listening uh, and attentive to where God might be using you now. Because now is the most important thing. We often get, well, maybe not the most important thing, but we often get uh, sucked into this idea that um, it's all going to be great one day, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're future-oriented and we're yeah. moving in that direction. I get that. It's one goal. Yeah, but, you know, we're none of us are promised tomorrow. Yeah. Um, uh, it's The best thing is uh, to live the best we can today. Ecclesiastes talks a lot about life not being fair. Um, uh, but the conclusion is, even though life's not always fair, live today well. Celebrate the joys of today. Work hard in the things that you do and worship God throughout it. Um, and I think that to me that's, that's a really great lesson to, as, we, as we look at the idea of call um, is to be present now and try to be attentive to what God's asking us to do now. You've been here for the last three and a half years, Mm -hmm. excited about sound. But what I've really noticed in the last year for you uh, is that you have become a mentor and a a confidant for younger students uh, who are also interested in sound to come to and feel like they've got someone who will invest in them. Um, To me, that's a beautiful living into your call now. And who knows if that will turn into teaching other people or mentoring other people down the road or being a professional sound recordist or artist in Mm -hmm. in some way. But I do think it's shaping you um, for other things that God has in mind down the road. So will you be a professional in the sound industry of film or radio or television? Who knows? Will you be a mentor or a teacher for the rest of your life? Who knows? Yeah. But God's using today to shape you and to shape those around you. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, it's just beautiful to see that. So I would, I just want to encourage you in that, that I, I love what you're doing. And I think that um, you're helping to shape and grow others for the kingdom because of it. Um, oh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you for, for living in your call today. Oh, thank you for also being my mentor. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, just thank you guys for listening to this episode of Rooted. Um, it was a really good one, I think. <laughs> Not gonna pat our own backs, but you know. 
It was fun um, to be here. Thank you. Yep. All right. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Thanks. And that was today's episode of Rooted. Thank you so much to Professor Matt Webb for joining me here today to talk about topics that matter to Huntington University students. Please remember to subscribe to Rooted and listen to Forrester Radio over on 105.5 WQHU. Stay rooted, HU.